0: Nine to five dot C C we're not working. Why should you? Thanks for listening. Welcome
1: back to another brand new episode of Go Plug Yourself, where Chris, Lawrence, and I are beyond thrilled to present you with our latest guest, Ali Pierce, a Montreal comedian now based out of Toronto, who was, uh, up until the pandemic, bringing her Slut Parade show to the city of Toronto on the regular. Uh, and we have an awesome discussion with her. We talk about, I guess, comedy in the state of COVID-19, which is kind of inevitable that we end up talking about that. We talk a little bit about uh, inclusivity and what it means to be a female comic. And uh, we just, you know, shoot the shit and do that thing that we do on Go Plug Yourself. Uh, check out what uh, Ali has going on whenever this gets back to normal. In the meantime, you should probably follow her on social media that she might delete because we do talk about kind of the evils of social media. Um, enjoy the show. Tell your friends. Uh, support us in, in any way that you can by following us, liking us, sharing us. Subscribing on whatever platforms you subscribe And uh, go plug yourself 2, 1, hit it
2: Go plug
0: yourself You plug another motherplugger go, go plug yourself You plug, yourself. You're You're plug, plug another motherplugger go, go plug yourself, yourself. Go plug another motherplugger Go plug yourself It's a time for another Go plug yourself podcast but let's be honest, though. Uh, there's like a couple of weeks left in Montreal comedy before it shuts down again. Hot take. Man, right I, off the top.
2: I, 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 I literally went to a show yesterday without checking the Facebook page. The Waltz mm. did. And then the bartenders looked at me. I was like, where's the open mic? They're like, yeah, no, none of that. Was
0: that World that was Smallest last mic? night?
2: Yeah. So, yeah, World's Smallest
0: happened. Yeah, that happened yesterday.
2: Yeah, so I'm, uh, I'm kind of nervous about the way it's going to go. Because I just- feel like...
1: They just put us into yellow they just they just we were in I think green when
3: oh, we were yeah. when
1: we were when we were under triple digits we were in we went down to green and now it's been like four days in a row of like over 200 cases uh, so getting what's close happening three- like
0: the first time though BC shut down the first right BC shut down everything recently again yeah. right? like all, all indoor events uh, live events gone uh, restaurants bars closed at 10 p.m. mm-hmm and that happened to be just oh, like what last week, or t- so
4: funny to me. The 10 p.m.
0: curfew, Corona doesn't exist until after 10. Allie, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, Allie Pierce, our guest hey. today,
4: hello,
0: all the way, former Montrealer, now living uh, further away from COVID, apparently. Uh, <laughs> In
4: my how book. are you?
0: How are you, and how are how is the city of Toronto dealing with uh the vid?
4: Oh, god, uh, well, I'm good, I'm good, you know, the I mean. Normally I'd be like, I'm great, but it's like, yeah, every day does feel like a whole <laughs> new. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. exactly. Especially
0: here because the weather fucking turned like on a dime. Yeah. And it's freezing now. Yeah. I don't know, how, you know how there was.
4: Who like just hates their body. I love being able to wear sweaters again. I got to say.
3: Yes.
2: Yes. <laughs> <For> real. <laughs> no. I'm, all, I'm all about the sweater weather. That's, I fucking yeah. hate summer. I think that we're conditioned I think we're conditioned because so much of our lives when we're kids and we go to school, it's the only time that we're like free. So we just like assume like good positive thoughts about summer, but when you become an adult like fall is the shit, guys. Like fall is legitimately the best.
0: Yeah. Listen, I haven't had a summer body since the spring of 92. But <laughs> but I per- I I per- I personally love summer. The the sun Same. stays out longer. Uh the weather's nicer. Uh, you know, the gazebos are up, you know, it's, it's cool. such a great time when you live in your mother's house and she, you spend the whole summer in her gazebo because <laughs> of the, the worldwide pandemic. <laughs> the,
3: the shed life. Did, I
0: think that's that's the thing that
1: is hitting me hardest about the early fall, where is it's like, because it did feel safe to like hang out with your friends in yeah. parks and stuff. Yeah. Like, you're, And I was like, and, I, and I'm absolutely at the like, oh yeah, like a group of us can get together in a park and I feel like personally comfortable, like, yeah. A group of us getting together at home, like, no, I'm like, no, that's that's less cool. So, I was like, I feel that like our very limited social calendar is about to get even more, I know, like, limited. Like, as soon as like yeah. October, November rolls around, it's going to be like, cool, see you guys in March.
4: It's really <laughs> frightening, unless you like decide to incorporate people into your bubble yeah and and even then like that requires a lot of upkeep like you have to get tested regularly if you're yeah it's really really weird and and it is frightening to think like we are gonna see we're gonna feel it soon I mean it's not that far away
1: yeah exactly that's it so it's like like the numbers it's like the culmination of like and and this is the still as I think every podcast and everything on the planet is this is still partially about COVID because everything is but I was gonna say that like the thing that concerns me the most is when they, when they talk about the contact tracing, it's all based apparently on like private events and houses mm. and all that stuff like that's like, right. like most, most outbreaks have not been traced back to bars and whatever, because they're like, they're legally obligated to have people in masks and socially distant. And if cops show up, they can issue tickets.
3: Yeah. Well, well, like,
1: burp, busting into your house to check, you know, uh-huh. but they can kind of survey bars and whatever. Right. So I was like, the fact that it's going to be getting colder means there's going to be more like parties at people's houses for like, I'm I'm talking for about people who don't care and aren't taking it seriously,
3: yeah.
1: <laughs> you know, and I'm like, so you're just like, there's going to be more and more and more of that. And that's uh, just the reality that we're going to all just stay in our houses until March.
0: Hey, <laughs> you know what? At least it's it's not just here. Like, It's not just Montreal, Toronto. Uh, I saw a video today, of, like some some lady somewhere in like, I don't know where Ottawa or whatever was just spitting on hand sanitizer in a store.
3: Oh, oh wow.
0: Yeah, Steve Patterson retweeted it.
2: Um I understand if like you don't like believe and you want to like do your own fucking thing, but like just like in any case, even pre COVID, just spitting on things is fucking right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what what I was, like, gross. It's
0: just gross. I think it's gross. It was,
2: it's gross. It was gross and now it's gross and worse. Like fuck.
1: And now it's a crime. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now it's an actual crime.
2: <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I don't know, man. It
1: blows my mind like that. Again, if you don't believe in this somehow, if you're sitting there and you're like, "This is all fake," and and, and I subscribe to QAnon and whatever else, I'm like, "Bro,
0: do your research, bro." Okay, how yeah, about exactly. you know what? How about, bro? you you know, bro, you sheep. Like, uh, listen, leaks, I know where... I know. I, I could
2: forward you some really compelling episodes of the Joe Rogan Experience and <laughs>
0: <laughs> you No, know, it's not even Rogan. Like it's a look. There's like Rogan has his faults. But it's not even Rogan. It's it's literally like, it's like the Ben Shapiro's. It's yeah. it's oh. it's the it's the phone flo- news guys. It's like everyone watched the Daily Show, but then remembered that the part of the Daily Show that was made it great was that it was funny, and then everyone reenacted the Daily Show without the funny. Like ben <laughs> all fucking.
2: I honestly have the belief that like when you see the conservatives do that kind of shit and they try and be funny or like lighthearted and shit, it just comes off mean because it, it like lacks an empathy you need yeah. for comics. Yeah,
3: it, I'll tell you lacks,
0: what like, though, like I, 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 we could clean up that. some of these jokes though. Like if comics want to fly and work, like, yo,
2: like yo, clean up it, some have, of
0: these jokes.
2: You have you <laughs> have three writers on this podcast. Allie Pierce <laughs> has written for uh, Letterkenny Letter Kenny problems, you've mm-hmm. written for roasts. You know what I mean? Like if you're gonna throw some cash money this way, let's yeah. go. We'll take
0: it. Oh, I'd, I I I I've had this discussion with Walter, but I, I'd sell my soul. To like, no, what I'd sell God? my I'd, I, <laughs> I'd sell out if if I'd sell out like to, to clean up some of these speeches, like just some of these disses. Yeah, so just, you, I'm you
3: just, you saying, just saying a
0: little a little effort, guys. If we're gonna yeah. be this ridiculous, a little <laughs> I, fucking effort.
1: I was having this conversation yeah. with a buddy of mine like last night, where we were just sort of like like just where like to to try to not live in an echo chamber. You are like, I should see what the other side is doing, yeah. but I was like. But everything is so aggressive and like offensive and whatever. I
0: was like, I was like, is there a moderate voice? Is there like, bro? We're boo- we're booing for unity no. in the NFL. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The NFL the is doing a display of unity, and yeah, it's you, still getting booed. Yeah, like, you know, what are we talking heart about?
2: Happening. Heartbreaking.
1: Yeah, exactly. I, I, I would be all down to like if, if there was like a Fox News that was not like sensationalist and insane. I would be down to occasionally like watch it just to kind of like to to know because I can't I can't believe that everybody who is like conservative is a complete insane hate monster. No, like, but because, you know, like like, that's not how people work. But when you watch the media that's coming out of it, I'm like, I can't even try to understand you.
4: Have you guys watched The Social Dilemma?
1: I know, but I've heard it makes you want to delete Facebook immediately. Um, What is it?
4: The Social Dilemma? (laughs)
1: No. it's like a documentary right like
4: documentary, it's worth it's definitely worth it it's kind of like it's all stuff you already know in a sense you know it's really just kind of hammering the point home about how you don't have any control over your data and your privacy and all that stuff but one thing they do talk a lot about is this exact thing which is like you know you you have these political views as you know whatever they are but you become a target for those political views so everything that comes your way becomes more and more and more radical. Mm-hmm. So yeah. if you're not exposing yourself to other voices, like even if you don't agree with them, you do end up exactly in what you're saying: this echo chamber, this like tunnel vision of yeah, your your views and your and it's yeah. I mean, anyways, that's worth it's worth watching. I use the excuse that as comments, we can't get rid of social media because that's our number one booking platform.
3: Yeah, it's like, same. yeah,
0: it's <laughs> very, very true. same. Yeah. What? No, I mean it's I think I, the exact same. I, it's no, like that's why people.
2: Uh, no, I fucking I fucking hate Twitter. Yeah, I hate like, it, I, yeah. I legitimately hate Twitter. But
0: to me,
4: and- Twitter is like the least. Like I, I find it the least problematic for me. Like I, as a person who absorbs nothing about politics, like I, that's why it's not problematic for me because I just follow comics who are like, nah, 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 I fucking stuck my thumb up my ass. So it doesn't really. Oh. Like affect me in a negative way, except that it makes me want to be funnier all the time. So in a way it becomes like this joke writing workshop. Okay. I yeah. Yeah.
1: And a lot of comics have, have said the same thing yeah. too, right? Where it's like you you have it, you can you can throw some like something half-formed out into the ether and yeah. immediately get some feedback and see if it resonates and then you're like, Oh, maybe I want to spend some time on this.
4: Totally. And I don't yeah. have a ton of followers. So if like I have enough that it's there's enough comics that I respect on there. Where I'm like, if something does moderately well, I'm like, oh, I know I have a bit here. Like or, or it's worth right. exploring. But for me, I think, and, and maybe this is like a for a particularly female perspective, but Instagram is ruin it's ruining my life. Like it's single handedly just like ruining my life. And it doesn't In what way? It, it's awful. And like I'm and there's nothing good that comes out of there. The only reason I go on there is to feel bad about myself and not even Aww. like and, and I'm, I'm like I'm trying I'm, you know I, I know that sounds like really negative but it's like even with not even like oh that I, I don't even follow like models or any of that shit because that's just like bad but it's just as soon as a comic or anyone gets something you want you're like you're just like forced to absorb information it's like
3: yeah. it's
4: <laughs> just like I don't know it it, bo- it, bothers me and then you watch it and you're like you watch the Starfinder and you're like oh yeah it's designed to make you feel bad like, yeah, it's
2: perfect. It was so funny because when, when I grew up and I was such a video game nerd and I was always going for a high score, and people used to like, before video games were cool and the whole nerd dumb was very profitable, people used to shit on, you know, people who play video games and, and shit yeah. like that. And then when people started being like, I have this many followers and this and that, I'm like, bro, that's a high score. Yeah, it's the same name. fucking serotonin wash in your brain because you're like exactly. positive reinforcement. Like yeah.
4: that's all it is. Exactly. it's a good point. I think yeah, one I, of the, say,
1: like, I I feel that like like my my relationship to social media just because I think I've always been not always, but like just on since on that nerdier side of stuff, I was always like very aware that my privacy was getting obliterated by everything wow. like yeah. you, you know, like yeah. from from the get-go. So I've yeah. always had that approach of like I like social media in the sense that I I'm I'm very quick to block someone I'm very quick to unfollow someone I I don't care I like I'll follow I like to see what Chris is up to and Lawrence is up to and whatever and so it's like if you like kind of like curate it for yourself mm-hmm. it, it becomes safer but yeah if you're just like following and liking stuff which I feel like especially anybody who's like in a public performer, you need to have like a thousand friends on Facebook because you have to have yeah. every leg like, booker in every city and every <laughs> yeah. comedian who might be running a show, and yeah. and then that's and where you end up being exposed. Bro,
0: bro I almost it, need to build a fan page actually because uh, I'm almost the five thousand limit, bro. Like Chris,
4: you fucked up. I'm a producer and I'm guilty of this. So I'm not like trying to shit on producers, but like yeah. we're lazy. So it's like if someone, you know what I mean? Like if someone doesn't immediately answer, I'm like, hey, do you wanna do this show? And if they don't immediately get back to me, I move on to the next person. So if yeah, right. people like, obviously I try and curate great lineups. It's not like I'm just like, whatever. But in that context, it's like, if someone doesn't answer, there's just this like, there's this expectation that people are on their phones all the time. Yeah. So when people don't respond, my attention span is very, very short. And I'm guilty of that. I'm definitely like, trying not to do that. But it's like, it's this it's you have to be active on social media as a performer. I really feel yeah. like there's yeah. like, any producer at any no one's emailing you to be like, hey, do you want to do a spot on Thursday? They're on messenger being like, hey, do you want to do a spot on Thursday? And they know when you've read it. Right. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> like, you see, you see red. No reply. You're like, well, this person is not.
0: Yeah. See, <laughs> <why are> <laughs> when you were in Montreal, you were just a comic, right? You just started.
4: Yeah, actually. Well, so my origin story, if
0: you will, you I um, cue the music, guys.
4: Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> this is the edit point. This is the edit point. It's 1333.
4: <laughs> yeah. I um. Yeah, so I'm from Montreal, but I've lived in Toronto for over a decade. Like, I've been here 11 years, and I was always interested in stand-up. Like, I took a Second City course. I thought it was great, but then after the course, I, like, never actually, like, did mics or shows or anything. Um, And then I got a job working as a logistics coordinator at the festival at Just for Laughs, so I was going to Montreal for the summer to – like do this contract and just like be on the admin side of you know jfl and then right before i left i was like oh yeah like i did really enjoy that one time that i did stand up so Mm -hmm. i went to i think like one true open mic and then like a week later i moved to montreal for three months and then i met you guys i met and and was like oh i'm gonna try and do this and i was immediately connected with like such incredible people and it was such a nurturing environment so it was like yeah when i met you guys i was just getting started and i was very lucky that you guys like gave me stage time and were so generous to me oh. well
0: i mean why, why wouldn't we yeah, um, I was gonna. I was gonna say. I was like, they were just trying to book. We're We're we just trying to get anybody on, on the stage. This like,
1: oh, I see. No, I, was certain, going, I was going the other angle <laughs> where you were sort of like, these guys have an eye for talent, and you know, like they weren't <laughs> they weren't doing you any favors. They were just booking. Corbin, the
0: we're, getting, we're getting we're getting so old in comedy. We're getting so old in comedy. We have pe- uh, people that lo- used to look up to us that have now clearly surpassed us in their <laughs> us Yeah, just
2: lapped us entirely. <laughs> just destroyed <laughs> us.
0: <laughs> um, but I wanted uh, but to I ask think- you hold on sorry corpse go ahead
2: yeah i was i was just gonna say that it, when you have someone who like wants to come in and and start comedy or things like that i think if you're already doing comedy you have and this sounds this sounds like cocky bullshit but you have like a little bit of a responsibility if they're talented and they love comedy to kind of give them a shot or you know what i mean just because i've seen so at. horror stories of, of people who are like cool. just get washed out because people don't Give them any love or any support, and I think that's the best right. way. The
0: best way to earn stage time is definitely by crushing it the first time you what? get up there, or the first time a booker sees you. Right. if a booker says yes, and then you go up and you crush, you're probably good. It's probably good for you. So that's right. what happens. But I want, I want to ask you both, Lawrence and and Allie, But what was the difference like when you were just doing stand up? Because Ali, you brought up producing, and then the added stress uh, of when you started producing and how that changed your view or anything at all with when you were just performing because i think there's a breaking point that a lot of us go through yeah. when we're just performing at first we're just we're going through the motions and then we start producing and it's like the everything starts to be a little bit more challenging
4: yeah big time well like performing is obviously just like a very specific thing you know you kind of like you show up, I mean, you have your work that you have to do outside, like, you have to be writing, you have to be booking yourself, you have to be, you know, so there's all these these things, these components that exist when you do stand-up that are, you know, whatever. They are. They just are what they are, and they're baked into doing that as a career, but then when you start producing, like, I wanted to produce a show, so I was very lucky because I actually used to work at this place called Soho House, which is a private members club, and they um, are like they cater to folks in the creative arts. So I approached them and was like, hey, I used to work here and I really loved it. Could I run a show here? And they have a built-in audience. So I just had to book comics and it was very easy. And then I had this idea for a show that I wanted to do, which was called Slub Parade. And I I wanted to do that show and I was like, okay, how do I do this? So I went to comedy bar because they are Comedy Bar in Toronto is great because they do everything for you from a tech perspective and they handle yeah. all the ticket stuff. So that's like mm-hmm. a huge that's like a huge part of producing that's just like off your plate. All you have to do yeah. at that point is focus on promo, marketing your show and booking really good acts so that you can like get a repeat audience. So
0: it's really that, the most ingenious place in the country it's for like, it's yeah.
4: brilliant and
0: it's we've used it like we've used it for our shit and it's perfect. Yeah.
4: Yep.
2: And it was a wonderful venue. Ali, I wanted to ask you because you mentioned Slut Parade, yeah. and that I think been a wildly successful show in Toronto. Mm-hmm. Can you talk to us a little bit about why you called it Slut Parade and why was it important to have a sex positive show, and just how did all of that come together?
4: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I when I started, i i didn't I didn't mean to become a dirty comic. I just that's the material that I gravitated towards. Like I. I'm really interested in people's relationships and sex and dating and all that fun stuff. And it's just as much as I try to write jokes that aren't about that, they fall flat for me. And it's not to say that I never will. It's just what I felt comfortable writing. And I think what happens is like there, of course, I mean, you guys are all progressive dudes. Like there is a double standard that exists for women in society and it does not You know, we're not exempt from that in comedy. So I would go to shows and, I mean, luckily there's a ton of stage time in Toronto and there's a lot of really great inclusive shows that were like, yeah, do your dirty shit. But I think what would happen is I went to a lot of shows where I would see men do material that I felt was equally as dirty. But because I'm a woman, when I would go on stage, I would get a lot of pullback. And, you know, part of it could be just, you know, being new, learning, all that stuff, like still refining my writing, all those things. Like, I'm, I'm not a perfect comedian by any means. But I could feel that difference and it frustrated me. And I wanted to create a space where you knew going in, going to perform to that show, the audience was already on board. So you don't have to fight for the audience in that way. Like they came on a show called Slop You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they yeah. inherently are already on your side.
1: So Yeah, they're yes. like, they're, they're primed for it. You know, like like it's not like, like she said what? You're like, no, you're like they're they're waiting for it, you know? Like,
4: exactly. Yeah. Like I tell people, I'm like, you don't have to do just sex and dating stuff. It's just that if you want to do that, like I'm encouraging you. And I prioritize women because I think we just need to hear women t- normalize women talking about sex more. And mm-hmm. I just, yeah, it was just it was something that I felt like. The word "slut" is so negative, and it mm-hmm. and it shouldn't be. It's such a it, it's just this like negative word that's weaponized against women all the time. And I was right. like, what if we throw it right in the title? Like, it's just gonna eliminate anyone who doesn't have a good attitude about that stuff.
1: Well, it's the Correct. whole, it's the whole like slut versus stud thing, right? Like the same, beha- the, the same behavior is like a stud for a man or a slut for a woman. But like, then there's a version, like a progressive version where you're like, no, they're both, they just, they both mean the same thing. Like, you know, like you can, yeah. that, you know, like, why does it, yeah like, yeah. And I, I don't know, I've I've obviously, like you said, like there, there's, I think. As as more of a fan of comedy, you see that double edge all the time, where it's like like dirty comics for <laughs> guys were like a, are a dime a dozen, and they get no flack and they can talk about the dirtiest, filthiest thing, and everybody doesn't bat an eye. A lot like as soon as like a, a female comic gets up and says one thing, you can often hear the crowd go like ooh, and you're yeah, like,
4: it, what the hell? Well, <laughs> you're I, like, you're I like mean, one it's...
1: dirty joke comes out of a lady, and like uh, the audience will be like r- have that a completely different reaction where they've yeah. been watching guys talk about their cocks for the last 20 minutes in the last three acts. You yeah. know, like, it's
4: this is really very weird. Yeah, it's, it's, it's frustrating. And so it was nice to be like, okay, once a month we have this thing. And there are other shows that exist that encourage that. Like, obviously this isn't like a brand new concept to have a dirty show. I just felt like, here's an opportunity to really give people a space where they don't have to be afraid. You know, and we know the audience going to be
0: excited for it chris you were saying well it's i mean it's a it's it's not like going to the nasty show or going uh to any of a variety of of dirty type of shows this one just had to be a hell of an original name
4: uh and and something else is that i have like a certain like it should go without saying but like I don't want you to do rape jokes. Like I would never book a comic that does rape jokes, and I would never right. book a comic that is racist or homophobic or transphobic. Like it's not a safe space show in that, or I guess it is in that. Like there's not going to be any hate speech, which like should go without saying, but is does absolutely need to be said. And mm-hmm. I. You know, but then at the same time, it's like, well, we can still, like, be freaks and have fun and, like, be dirty and not...
1: Yeah, know, dirty comedy doesn't have
0: to be hateful comedy, right? No, like, yeah. that's, it's like... Like, like yeah, you know,
4: you kind of are yeah. into that weird... Anyways, yeah.
0: It's it's weird, though, too, because it's not just the the dirty... It's not just about being a dirty comic or being or just being a woman. It's about being both at the same time. Yeah. Like there's already yeah. a there's already a different environment for women in general, whether you're doing the cleanest shit in the world or you're doing yeah. the dirtiest shit in the world, than it is for men who are doing the cleanest shit in the world. Like John Mulaney and Sarah Silverman can be booked on a show, and the environment is going to naturally just be harder for Sarah than it is for for John, no matter what show yeah. they're on. Yeah,
4: it, and, it's true. It's true.
0: And then when you're a dirty comic who's who's a woman, it's even I would imagine. A, a different perspective that you would get because like i mean in a weird way this is going to sound really weird to everybody but like ali in terms of like writing jokes about like dirty jokes is me with like my crutches writing jokes about my mom because
3: right. for
0: me like that's that's what i look from my and lawrence knows this but from my material like i i, I've, I could do an hour on my mother right <laughs> right no I, mean, I could I could it's, I it's, believe it's, you. Like, and, and I don't feel the same like I don't feel the same confidence about writing about other subjects I we, like I, Lawrence and I thought about this too about like trying to like be more I don't know I'm in my 30s now and I'm like thinking about what do I change about my material because like when I first started I was talking about like shopping shopping trips with mom. And like, what do I want to be now that I'm like, I started, I was a kid. Now I'm like, I'm in my thirties now. Where do I want to go with, with your comedy? And for sure. that's for, I don't fathom. I don't get the open mic scene or the, the comics that could do that sort of material. Like I don't know any of those comics. I really don't mm-hmm.
4: No, And it's hard because like, I do think at a certain point, like, you know, when you go to, I, I don't think, I, I don't know. You you have to write what gets you excited And, like, obviously the psychology of relationships is interesting to me, which is why I write about it and, like, my own relationship and all that stuff. But at the same time, it's, like, I don't want to be afraid when I walk in a room. And I don't mean, like, afraid of anyone. I mean afraid that I'm instantly going. Like, I did a show in a park a couple of days ago. Which a year ago we would have been like, what the fuck? But it's like, <laughs> like oh, oh, you
0: know those park shows, yeah. yeah, yeah it was just like, oh, cool, cool, cool park for sure. Yeah, absolutely.
3: <laughs>
0: uh, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah.
4: And it was like, mostly everybody there was like, I don't know, in their thirties or their forties. Like it was an adult audience, but the show was at like six thirty, you know. And I'm like about to yeah. scream into the trees about my pussy, and I'm like, I hope there's not. Children, right? <laughs> here.
1: So imagine just kids just running, flying a kite. Like oh,
4: the, you know, this <laughs> woman did show up with with two kids, and so the producer went over and was like, "Hey, I just want to say, like, this is not an all ages show, and I'm just letting you know because you have your kids here." And it's like, really, when I looked at the lineup, I'm like, she's saying that for me, and God bless her. <laughs> she's not saying it for anyone else, and that that's fine. Like, I'm obviously not going to stop doing what I do but it's also like I, I recognize that you can't put like, like JFL's not going to put that on a gala you know yeah. that is right. and you can push through that and like become so great that you can't be ignored but in the meantime it's like as a newer comic I'm like I know no one is going to put this on tape right mm-hmm. so like right. That, is, that does slow me down in a way
2: but do you find that that manifests in your writing like you're doubting what you're putting down because you're trying to think of steps in the future like is this marketable, can this be put on recording, or do you feel that it's just I have to write the jokes that I find funny and kind of power through?
4: I think I think it's the latter. And mm-hmm. I, I want to be more malleable and I think that just comes with experience like joke writing is a skill And everyone approaches it differently. Like even people who write on stage, everyone approaches it differently. But for sure, I you know for a while I was like, okay, I'm gonna write a clean five, and I don't have a clean joke. I don't have one. I have one Mm -hmm. clean joke, and it's about my dad being dead. So, Mm -hmm. uh,
0: oh yeah, super clean. No, no, like uh, uh, like the book alley for uh, uh, bathisms or funerals or
4: stuff. Like I could never do corporate work, which pays really well.
2: Yeah, and I I think when i got introduced to corporate work it was a way of editing myself and when i can only speak about my own experience it was just more of a question of having not necessarily having different sets but just being able to edit down things in a way that made sense for me so i could make a little money in corporate shows and then i can do the jokes i was super passionate about at the club or workshop things and it's like i feel like it's just a question of always adding to the tool belt like chris was pestering me for fucking three years to start doing crowd work and i fought him tooth and nail
0: i was like nah, no pester- i'm gonna have to start pestering ali too i'm gonna have to send her <laughs> weekly texts like you do crowd work this yeah. week <laughs> no what the yeah. fuck yeah. that's, I, why, I, that's I, why i did the corber and, and listen because yeah. yeah. you everybody hits this wall ali with that this wall that mm-hmm. i think if we're all things being equal as a, as a comedian you get a, a success i believe if you're good you get a success at the beginning of your career you reach a certain point and then you're like, what the fuck is next? Cause I'm still doing eleven different things to make to pay the rent every day. Right. And it's that what's next? And like I think now is a big step for you because you're a writer on the, the Canada's best yeah. sitcom. So yeah. Yeah. that's a huge amount of success, but like you're still feeling this wall stand-up wise.
4: Yeah, yeah. And I mean letter penny is like just it's on hold right now. So like, for sure. You no, know, I have, a, like, I don't even really have a job writing anymore. Um, but obviously that was like, when that happened, I was like, what the fuck? Like, this is so insane. And, but it's still like, yeah, you're still like, okay, how, but I still don't know how to write a joke. Like, I still feel that every day. And it's right. true now because there's this certain um expectation you have of yourself. I mean, you guys know this too. It's like there's a certain amount of sets that you feel like, okay, if I've hit that this week, I'm feeling pretty good. Like I know I can, you know, like try new stuff and I can be polishing or whatever. And it's like now that's completely evaporated because of COVID. So
0: now it's now we're now we're grading that by how many sets I like can add into a month.
4: <laughs> but, but I get I do
0: you have five in?
2: <laughs> I, I think what Ali what Allie was talking about before when you're talking about the social media making you competitive, one of the positives I pulled out of the quarantine, and obviously you have to dig deep to find silver lightings because most things are on fire. But um, That's I think too one too of the things was, it, It's it, not it, even it, a
1: metaphor anymore. Like, you no, know, most things are like on like fire. California oh, is on fire.
2: Literally the West Coast. Uh, yeah. I found I found in myself specifically that I was feeling less stress and less anxiety because everyone was doing nothing. Yeah. So I didn't have this imposter syndrome. I didn't have this keeping up with the Joneses. I didn't have this feeling like this guy's passing me or I'm not doing enough or I'm not writing or editing enough because it was such a level playing field that I'm like, I can just fucking unclench my jaw and drop my shoulders and just be yeah. for a couple months, you know? And that was something that I tried to take out of it. And then exploring when comedy started back up, maybe i don't have to go back to this hyper in like this hyper checking everything i do and always thinking about like why did i not write a joke about this or why didn't i edit this or why didn't i write this down and there's just kind of going back to the things that i found fun about comedy before it became a game and before i had to get paid for it and before all that kind of shit right Mm -hmm. so that's something that i wanted to pull out of it to make me more sane at the end of the day you
1: know yeah, yeah i mean i think that you end up like i think that and it's true of of anything uh, anything performance wise but even anything um work wise right like to, to try to expand it to the broader audience is that like you say yes to everything if you think it's going to help you get further like like and right. that's regardless of comedy or at work yeah. or whatever like you're just sort of like if your boss comes in and throws something at you you say yes and it's rare that you have a chance to like take a step back and say, "Is everything that I'm doing actually furthering my career?" <laughs> you know, like because I, I just said yes to everything because I, I that was how I was looking to progress. But then, mm-hmm. I, like, like to, to Lawrence's point, I think a lot of people had this opportunity. And again, it's a it's a small silver lining, and I'm not saying it's it's all worth it because a little bit of clarity. But you have a chance to like when you get back into it to be like, "Okay, I'm gonna pick and choose the things." that are are rewarding to me because I was doing everything because I said yes to everything. It's like, I think a lot of people have that That kind of going on.
4: That's a great point. And I think like it is, I mean, if COVID has done anything, it's definitely forced a lot of people to slow down. And I mean, I am such a hermit. Like I, I, I love being inside. I love, I just moved into a new apartment and I'm like, drag me out of here because I'm not going anywhere like I'm so happy to be inside and so I think like co- you know COVID really highlighted that for me because I was out every single night and my my nervous system was like shot you know and so yeah. I do think and and it's hard because I I know that i definitely reaped the benefits of saying yes to everything and then finding like 10% of the time I was like, ugh, this wasn't worth it. But mm-hmm. 90% of the time I was like, okay, you know what? Actually, this inadvertently led to this, or you know, there is this domino effect, but it's like, even though that is true, you still have to manage your mental health and your yeah. and know yeah. what your limits are and play within them. Because like compare, I mean, it's so easy to compare yourself to others in every single industry. And obviously, in this one in particular, it's like, you know, people, like, even when I got, when, when Olivia and I started writing on Letterkenny, everyone was like, oh, my God. And we were both like, I know, oh, my God. Like, I <laughs> don't understand it either. And I, I kept wanting to be like, no, 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 don't be jealous. Like, this is going to blow up in our face any day now, you know? And I mean, in a way, COVID kind of took care of that. But <laughs> yeah. it's like... Just this, it can be very like you, if you don't take a minute to just like evaluate what's important to you, it's very easy to become in this like, you know, tunnel of negativity and just feeling bad and not prioritizing yourself.
2: For sure.
0: By the way, thank you. Thank you for people for listening. We have, yeah. we have listeners. Corbett, did he, did he tell you the recent numbers? I, I, I was at, I was at our ratings, uh, Meeting earlier. you a ratings meeting. I yeah. Don't yeah, yeah, yeah. A meeting. You, yeah, was, you know. didn't get the outlook. You didn't get the, uh, the Zoom invite. Oh.
2: No, no, no! I I show up a minute before this starts, and then I don't think about it until the next one. I'm really
0: numbers are you're, high. You're though.
2: the you're you're, you're you're the business end. I'm just here to talk some shit. That, we should start so. trying to sell
0: ads, though, Keith. Really, we we take oh, yeah. this offline, but you maybe
2: Manscaped has been really pushing aggressively in the podcast market. So I think
0: you know, if, you some, if you have some oh, if you have some cookies God. that you make or <laughs> Manscaped Man, like male have... pattern
2: baldness, <laughs> like there's a lot of Wood- woodworking items, cards. let us know i had this,
1: like idea like kicking around, and it, it was like, and I don't even know if it's like a blog post or whatever, but about Manscape and their ads. And I was like, like, there's something, and I can't quite like crack the angle of it. But there's something like weirdly progressive about the, but like, and depressing at the same time that the ad, Manscaped ads are literally about body shaming men. Right, like you know, like like you see, like there's a guy with like a hairy chest, and then the girl's like, "ew," and then the guy has to go and shave, and then she's like, "yeah." Yeah. And I was like, "I was like, this is like classic female body shaming ad work targeted directly at men." So I was like, weirdly progressive, but I was like, "you took the wrong message," (laughs) you know. Like, but there's some,
0: thinking, I know there's certain no. things we've got to deal with I think you know
2: no no no, you're, you're
0: certain, not not, we, no, no we, we don't need he, the he, whining we don't we don't need to whine you know
2: no 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 you're way off base Keith you have to understand the universe body is shaming just simmer down everything.
0: okay simmer no, no, no. down simmer the fuck else. down I got a watch I got a wooden stairs
1: we like, can't handle it like it's it's like I said it's weirdly progressive that they're taking that shot at like
3: shave
0: your fucking hairy stomach I'm
1: not saying for me as a man I'm saying it's like there's like something like kind of Edge to be like, hey, it's time to start body shaming men, everybody. <laughs> like,
4: yeah, I agree about, the, about
2: our growth, our gross body hair. Yeah, exactly. Um, no, like, like, I was like,
1: finally, finally, a chance for like for for men to feel self conscious about like body hair. You know, like finally. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, Michael Phelps did that really in the early two thousands. That guy was <laughs> guy, well, the guy's uh, a board. Guys a bored of muscle, like with <laughs> not a hair, a speck of hair on him. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs>
2: He's the, one so with the water, faster, so it's water resistant It makes he
0: makes you faster as a swimmer. I get it. I get it, Mike. it's why you're the best. You're the best. That and you're six four. You have a fucking seven foot wingspan, and you traverse the pool. He also, he also, <laughs> he also,
2: he also he also produces testosterone at a higher rate than the average human being.
1: But it's also not just testosterone. It's like he has that, and there's also something there, like something in his blood or whatever. Oh yeah, like-
2: with lactic acid. Yeah, like he, he gets
1: less tired. Like, yeah, he has less bone density or whatever, so he's like literally designed to be some he's kind a of bird. He's a fucking
2: water bird. This is the most dude bro <laughs> thing. We,
0: this is the most dude bro thing we could do with Allie on is get into a rant about Michael fucking Phelps. Honestly, <laughs> I initiated no it and I regret it instantly.
4: I know who Michael Phelps is. Okay. Yeah.
0: No, I didn't say you. I didn't think you didn't. I didn't think you did it. But it's such you know, a dude bro no, moment.
4: That you would have brought up, I wouldn't have known who you were talking about. So in a way, thank you.
0: <laughs> but good for Michael for being that mainstream, you know.
4: Yeah, I because he he was like an athletic superstar when I was like a tween. I would, I wanted to bang him when yeah, I was I hear
3: like, yeah. a kid.
4: Yeah. Like I, well, I'm not a kid. Let's not, you know, go do. It. Go there. <laughs> hey, you know what? Yeah, we're
0: gonna
2: we're gonna get cancelled like Netflix if you keep this up. You have to you
0: know. <laughs> No, we're gonna be responsible for Michael Phelps being canceled all of a sudden. <laughs> well, breaking news.
1: <laughs>
0: What's I, the I,
1: I, hang on, I need to just go back to that though. Like cause obviously not what, having it. Phelps? No, no no no. But... Well, it felt I'm in mean, the broader discussion of Allie <laughs> being a teenage girl.
3: Yeah.
1: When you're just like, like when you're watching the Olympics, you're like, I hope it's swimming. You know? <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah know, the boys were like, I hope it's beach volleyball. Beach volleyball. Yeah.
4: yeah. You know, I it's can't like what I latched onto about it. I think it's because honestly, I think at that time in my life, I was still swimming very competitively. So okay. it was probably like. So you had the
1: excuse. You weren't just like a weird, like pervy kid. Like, so you're like, no mom, it's cause I swim. I need to watch all these guys yeah. in speedos. It's, both. Yeah. it's definitely
4: both.
3: Bro, yeah.
4: like, wow. His wingspan. <laughs> like, what, a, what a weird thing for a teenage girl to be turned on by. Like,
0: <laughs> you know what? That's a, that's a thing both teenage girls and boys could be turned on by. Cause like if you have any basketball aspirations, the wingspan, this <laughs> is such a key but, thing. You you hear about it.
4: But, but <laughs> I, I, think, uh, I saw a photo of Michael Phelps recently, and I was like, "Oh, I'm so over you." Like I was not. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, I, I bet he's heartbroken. Really, he's probably yeah, very upset.
4: and as he should be. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah, he's missed out.
4: He's in my sweatpants right now. Yeah. You can miss him. <laughs>
1: Ali just moved apartments, and the Michael Phelps poster did not make the move. Hey man, listen.
0: No, if anybody God. wants to cool off, Google, if anybody needs to cool off from a Michael Phelps high, Google Kevin Durant's feet. And...
2: Oh no! Don't do that. I see you, you. posted that in the group chat, or Tyler did. But... No, so it's big.
0: insane. Do it, do it. Ali. I'm telling you, it's it's worth the the Google search. Just delete it from your oh. like history after, because the algorithm is oh, going to fuck.
2: Why are you putting this on us?
0: It's it's know. so insane. It is it is the most ridiculous thing. I've never seen I, feet.
4: What the This is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone I always know. goes in. No. Right? If, if
1: you're listening to this podcast right now, we recommend you no do the Kevin same Durant's thing. feet. <laughs> do it. It's okay. fun
2: also also, no. also I'm going to no. I'm going to make Keith commit to putting a link
0: of no. Kevin Durant's
2: no. feet in the show notes. He's the great one of so the greatest, greatest basketball the players in
0: the world. One of the yeah, greatest he has basketball both feet. feet. Like that man, how is he not broken his ankle every fucking time he's played basketball? I'm never gonna get over this. It's insane. I can't. I I saw it three. I saw it three weeks ago, and I keep telling everyone I see. Just Google Kevin Durant's feet. They're like always like, ew, This is weird. And then they, what the fuck is this? I'm like, I know.
4: (laughs) Yeah, that's really weird.
0: It's upsetting. Yeah. Oh, you just looked (laughs) it up? Yeah.
1: No, I've seen it before. I was like when Tyler shared it a couple like. It's like
4: half the court. I don't know how he jumps. Oh my God! that's
0: a medical marvel. <laughs> I feel
4: like that would make you slower, not fast or I mean,
0: agile. I just I, I have that much more respect and admiration for Kevin Durant as a basketball player after seeing the feet he's got to walk with.
4: It's like flutter boards, like when you're swimming, you know those. Yeah, Whatever. that's what his yeah. are. They,
2: they remind me of the metal springs that Oscar Pistorius used to run on. <laughs>
4: yeah.
0: Oh God! Oh no. That should, be an edit point. that should be an edit point. You know what's you know what's fucked about Oscar? We've reached the the stage. I was like, we, oh, do you know what's fucked about Oscar Pistorius? Like a hell a lot. There's a lot, yeah, there's but,
4: also another podcast. Yeah, that's another
0: podcast altogether too. But we interesting tidbit just on that whole story is we've reached a point of that part of that story where they're doing a retrospective documentary on the whole story. I saw a trailer for that the other day. I'm like, wow, this is like this is how this is like legit five five years ago, like. And it's like it's they bring, these, they bring trauma. They like this is what we do as an uh, an entertainment now. It's like we we we, like the the trauma of people's lives, which is what happened in the yeah. entire thing with Oscar as stories soon, and multiple as people. Soon,
2: as soon as American Crime it, Story was a hit. Then they're like, oh, we can dramatize anything. Like, they fucking, you know what I mean? Like, before they had to have like a reality element to it, like cops and shit, yeah. which is garbage and problematic. But now they're like, we can script this. I'm like, what the fuck?
0: It's past yeah. being problematic, though. It's influenced an yeah. entire generation.
4: Yeah, you know what? I actually watched that, um... oh, fuck, what's it called? The Dirty John show. There's this nothing. Netflix- oh,
1: yeah, my wife, my wife yeah. was watching yeah. yeah.
4: yeah. so that. Yeah. Betty, oh my God, I forgot her last name now, but. Uh. Shit. Anyways, they did like a um a dramatization of this woman who killed her ex husband, then his new wife, and it's like it re- because she's at the center of the story. You you really empathize with her because she has been like really traumatized by her divorce and rightfully so. Like her this husband,
1: season two is this the Christian yeah, Slater? Season
4: two, it's season no. One.
1: This is
3: Eric yeah, Bannon.
4: Freddie Broderick. Her so her and like her her ex husband was a divorce lawyer so he like he fucked her and he also like really gaslit her and did a bunch of like really insane stuff but she murdered him like you shouldn't have sympathy for her or empathy for her but you do because of the way that it's presented to you and that's right. like that is a bit of a mindfuck because I walked away from it being like oh poor thing and it's like wait a second like
0: she did the murder.
4: It's it's yeah it's
0: like you, it's, it's it's how a generation of Italians feel about Tony Soprano and <laughs> that, that, that. no it's it, I mean it's funny yeah but it's also true it's like you what what Allie just described but that's that's the important stuff about the different viewpoints i uh, not not to not to uh, toot my uh, uh, Chris's uh, progressive uh, card but I watched a documentary last night. You toot your uh, card. Threw I, I, your card, bro. There was not there bad. was two. Was understand real. this. There was, was two word. games. There was two Monday night football games last night, and I lost so much money. Gambling. <laughs> Where does this go? <going? laughs>
3: wait, wait, wait.
0: It's going somewhere. Not not a lot of money. Like fourteen dollars. I'm still me a lot of money. But I gamble on football. Josh Beth, wait. Let me finish the point, Keith. <laughs> Keep interrupting.
2: Go. This point better be so fucking good. So I, I ended up
0: I ended up upon two documentaries back to back. First was Rupert Murdoch, uh not Rupert Murdoch, what's his name? Roger Ailes and the entire Fox News uh whole situation and his like demise and that documentary, it was just like I'd never seen before, and it was really it was pretty good. But then there was a documentary on him like it was like who was it? A bunch of uh, Lena Dunham Bro, but whatever, bro. You're
2: you're, you're you're killing it with the story right now. you yeah.
0: <laughs> Lawrence. There was a thing about women in film <laughs> and okay. how, and women in, like, across like 50 years, and there was a bunch <clears> of <throat> different actresses, and they were talking about. I was really high when I watched it too, but um they were talking about how the for generation after generation, the acting roles available to women. On screen were very limiting. They were not told from a women's perspective. That's like we always talk about. We we complain about it as, as recently as last week when there were people. There was an uproar about like the diversity in the Oscars thing, right? Yeah, there was yeah. a, there was a huge thing about that, and then there, there was like a bunch of different t- takes about you know about about what they're talking about diversity. But when you t- when you think about how like eighty six percent of films for like a, a hundred years have been made from one perspective, yeah. And entertainment and now the only thing that's happening in entertainment is that more different perspectives are being added and the, the the pie of every budget every year is going differently not even that big of a swing but mind you and people mm-hmm. are losing their minds at, at yeah. the different perspectives of entertainment and that's why people are not giving a shot to so, so many different movies that have come out in the last five years that were from the women's perspective and people get called on it and they get defensive about it. And the, we're talking about social media and the internet, everything online now just, just seems like trash. Cause like everyone can ha- take a, take a simple thing and destroy it a thousand different ways.
4: Yeah.
0: I, I think that's something that's, as simple as getting a different perspective of a story, yeah. it, which, should, and, which should be fine. Everyone should have access to that entertainment as that's become caused an uproar and a war on whatever. And, here we are. We're having this fight that we, we should have... How called. far do
4: you think this podcast is going to reach? Can I... Because I want to be candid about something, but I, I've been... I don't know if it's going to go... No, no, we're
0: good. We're good. We're, we're not going to blow up. Do it. Do, it, do maybe, it. Maybe we'll so spike. Good. You'll get a cut of the ad buy. <laughs> <laughs> You'll get a cut of the ad read, Allie.
4: I don't care. Put us happy. on the map. I don't care, but it, I, I had... Whatever. I'll, I'll, I'll keep the details to a minimum, but I had this interaction... A couple of weeks ago, where I was hired to do something, I was hired to like perform. I was as an actor, it was like this non union thing, it was whatever. Anyway, it's I'll, I'm gonna keep the details to a minimum, and it was through someone that I respect really a lot. And, anyways, he connected me with this guy, and so the day kind of went off without a hitch, things were great. And then we had to do two last shots that were at a different location that was at his house. I knew all this was all good. It was all fine. And the minute we got, and there was like a few weird things throughout the day that I was kind of like, okay, I'm excited for this to be over. But the minute we got in his car, he like redirected the conversation to being about how he was sort of. Having to share the spotlight for this job that he always has with a black woman, and he assumed that because I was white, I was going to share the same values as him, and
3: it was Christ. just immediately,
4: like, so racist. And I was like, now I'm trapped in a car with the person yeah. who me money and whose work I haven't finished, and we got into what I can only describe as like, a full-blown screaming match. Like, it was so, it was so uncomfortable. Like, I don't know this person. And it's like, all of this is coming from the fact that like, you are being threatened, you feel threatened because diversity is happening to something that you want. And it's like, that is such a psychotic way of seeing the world. Yeah, You can't understand, like, this, the the thing that we were filming was targeted to women in the makeup world. And he's a white man. Like, you have no business doing this to begin with. And his argument was, I've been doing it forever, and now they want a black woman to be involved. I'm like, and as they fucking should.
1: Like, you're like, like, that's course course correction, actually.
4: In the first place, you've just been doing it for a long time. You know And he was like throwing these like insane, like really, like they made no sense. These statistics that made no sense, and he just kept being like, "So you would be okay if you're?" And I'm like, "You're. We're not talking about me losing my job, and like neither of us is losing our job. We're both currently at a job right now." Yeah, you just feel threatened. Anyways, it was really like, and that's exactly what I think. What you're saying, Chris, is like when. When people's power is being um, put at risk, like if if there's a chance they're going to lose their power, they become so aggressive and so defensive. And like, look, I want to pay my bills like everybody else. Like I don't want to lose jobs. I want to get paid spots. I want to get JFL tapings. I want all of these things. I want to be in a writer's room. But like there has to be, has to be diversity. We have to be showing people more perspectives because what we're doing is not working. It sucks. Mm-hmm. I yeah.
1: think that like to, to kind of like tie it back to what we were talking about at the beginning of the show about the air quotes, other side, like the, like that, that, yeah. that other weirdly conservative side. It's the thing that just, I never, never managed to get my head around is like, if if this guy you know, for whatever reason is, is feeling threatened by a black woman coming up and taking what's his, and he's like a piece of garbage, you know, like, like if you take that flip side, but you'd be like, but what if someone asked you for like another white man, would you be fine with that? And if yeah. you're like, yeah, then you're like, oh no. So you're racist and sexist, you know, like, like, yeah. so, you know, like there is no middle ground here. It's
2: nothing to do with job security.
1: Yeah, exactly. So it's it's not about your job security because if another if a white dude was coming for it, what would you do? You you wouldn't be
3: right.
1: Just you know, like complaining to a stranger about a black woman taking your job. Like like it's it's, it's that next step of you're like I need to like not just like be. Um, like not okay with it i need to now actively engage people about how not okay with it like like i need to become a spokesperson for hatred and you're like where did where did that step
4: that's what was really distressing about it it was like you're clearly so angry that the minute you think no one's listening that's what you want to talk about and,
1: yeah this is all and, you're thinking about all day
4: like, you were that i was going to be on your side which is so fucked up and the thing is it's like I think in this case like he would obviously be frustrated if anyone had taken this job. He basically has to like share posting for this thing that he's working on. Yeah. And it's like I understand that you've done that alone in the past, but like I, and I get it. It's been a long time and I and I understand like feeling like, "Oh, you're losing your work. but can't you kind of for a sliver of your brain like can't you kind of maybe a little bit understand how it's problematic that you've been doing it in the first place and also it's like you like this comp the company that's hiring him clearly has a diversity issue and they're trying to fix it so yeah, there, it, it's just yeah and he was like it's tokenism it's this it's that it's blah 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 and it's like or it's a step in the right direction depending who you ask right yeah if you ask me, it's a step in the right direction. So
1: absolutely, like, like that, Yeah, I don't know. it's 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 crazy to me that, like I said, like not, it's more. Cra- it's not crazy to me that people are necessarily like if there's a if there's a a, a comedy show that comes out and you're and it features an all black cast and you watch it and you don't think it's funny, that's fine. But then for you to be like, I would like to take the next step and tell everybody not to watch it and then yeah. somehow, like, like, you know, it's like, you're like, yeah. what you're like, what happened there? Yeah, to, yeah. Like, like, like,
0: Well, you see that what? all the time now. The internet's being weaponized for a number of different things. Like, you yeah. could tank, a, you, you could get a hashtag going and tank a fucking whole series right now.
4: Well, it's like, yeah. were, sorry, I keep going back to this because it was literally like the most sure oh, yeah. yeah. thing. But it was like, even him being like, well, there's not a lot of people who attend this like, the, the employees, most of them are white. So, it was like, okay, so that in itself is a problem. It's
3: yeah, Seriously, problem.
4: you're like, it should
1: be a white host because the audience is all yeah, white. What? <laughs> you're like, so there's a problem with the audience, too, man.
4: <laughs> you can't understand that. Okay, so there's clearly a lack of diversity in this workplace. Now, if they have this, like, host person who's there, who now makes the employees of color feel safe and feel comfortable and Mm -hmm. feel excited about their workplace, that is going to bleed out and people are going to apply and that place is going to diversify. Like people Mm -hmm. don't go for jobs and and aspire to things that they don't see. That's that's what it is, right?
2: Yeah. And, And I think that ropes into when people go like, well, why do we need these voices? Like I think the representation piece... Is important because you don't know who you have an impact on, right? Like, exactly. I, I always, I always come back, and this is like very childish, but like when I started wa- like reading comic books and shit, the comic book I was like the first like very much drawn to was like the X Men because they were a team of people that came from different parts of the world. So they had like a Jewish character, and I'd, I hadn't seen a Jewish character in media yeah. before. So, like, oh, this guy's cool, and then they had like a German guy and a Russian guy, and they had a black lady, so and they had first gay character. They had all this kind of shit. And I thought that this was really cool. And then, you know, just like the outpouring that everyone saw when Chadwick Boseman passed away and just like the impact that it had on so many people, like these are people who might grow up and be creators and writers and it might Mm -hmm. unlock the ability to see themselves in this role because it was a film with a black lead and a black cast and a black crew. And I think that's important. I, I, I was I always,
1: I always come back to there's a thing that I, I remember uh, when it came up and it was like um, I was talking about how, to like Lawrence's point about comic books there are not a lot of uh, black comic book artists it's like nope. it's, it's and, and a lot of not a lot of black comic book creators and it's which is crazy because it was like I can't remember the artist that was talking about it is he was like he's like you think that there would be almost a straight line from graffiti culture into comic book art. Right. Like, You, you know, and he was just sort yeah. of like, where they're, you know, and, and as soon as you say that, you're like, oh yeah, what the hell? And he's like, but yeah. black kids don't grow up being told that comic book artist is even a thing yeah. you can be. And if they were to Google it, they're only going to see white guys.
3: Yeah. <laughs> right. you, yeah. You
1: know, like, like, and so they're going to potentially pursue other like, art like avenues of artistry and stuff. But he's like, he's like, it blows your mind. Cause you look at like graffiti culture and then you look at like stylized comic book art. And you're like, that's a straight,
3: it's it's a
1: straight connection if you're like a kid who grew up doing graffiti art comic book artists should at least be somewhere in the possibility of what you're aspiring to you know like Mm -hmm. and he's like but it's not because of the way it's a very white industry like obviously again they're taking steps to try to try to fix that diversity and all that but that's to your point Yeah, you need to open those doors and you need to take those steps and you need to have those yeah. Those like like windows and doors opening and accessibility and diversity sometimes yeah like you have to take it the and initiative
4: chances on people because like they can not people can't succeed if they don't have an opportunity to try. I mean that's mm-hmm. just that's just the reality of it. You know, you have yeah. to put in your time. And so do you guys much-
2: watch Do you guys watch Big Brother?
4: No. Not
1: this season. I have in the past though.
2: So, my girlfriend is a diehard Big Brother fan. Diehard. Mm-hmm. Just like, loves, she's watched it since season one. And I've only watched the last three seasons, as long as we've been dating. So, mm-hmm. I watched like, these seasons. And I, there's just like this really creepy through line every season. So, every season, and the basic premise of Big Brother, for anyone who hasn't seen it, it's like a survivor type thing where you have to vote people out, and whoever makes it to the end wins a fuck ton of money. And every season without fail, there'll be a group of like six quote unquote alphas. So like white, athletic in their 20s, or early 30s. And then they're all going to team up and start winning things. And then they start picking off people of color uh, and members of the LGBTQ community, uh, people who are like historically uncool or nerdy. And it's just like, and it happens like every year in a row to a point where it's like, is a pattern at this point like it's like yeah
1: well i mean and i think that like, that's uh I've, i had this conversation with a friend of mine um because like there's there's a whole entire group of people that do the same thing where they're like they do like social analysis of the bachelor And I was like, and that same thing exists on Big Brother where you're like, like, there's like, it's fun and it's all these games. And I was like, that's not really why you watch Big Brother. I was like, you watch Big Brother to watch this insane social experiment and see everything that is wrong with people. (laughs) Like like that's that's actually what's going on. It's not a fun competition show. It's like you said, to the point, almost always like your hetero white dude People are just like trying to dominate the show and like exert that power, and are often extremely successful.
2: Yeah, Yeah, literally, literally, Jack White dudes named Cody and Memphis are running. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) legitimately.
4: I know. (laughs)
1: yeah yeah exactly that's it and then and the yeah it's so weird and it gets it gets even big brother yeah with this whole again there's a whole other podcast it gets even crazier if you dig into the um like the people that watch like the live cams and all that stuff because like stuff that gets edited out of the show crazy crazy, community yeah but as you can as you can imagine right like they basically just sort of like focus on the like soap opera stuff and the competitions And you're like, but you're, these people are locked in a house for whatever, six months. So you're like, not six months, but a couple months. So you're like, all a lot of like the politics and stuff, like those conversations that people are having being locked in a house are get cut out. So you find out if you're watching the cams about some of these like crazy conservative views and whatever. And now all of a sudden you have this, uh, like a, a trans woman and a, a guy in her face telling her that like, she's not a real woman and stuff, right. you know? And, yeah. and you're like, and then you're locked in a house with this alpha yeah. douchebag. And I was like, that's terrifying and awful.
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> you know, like, holy shit. Yeah. There's, it's a weird show. It's, it's, and and again, I think it's it's doubly weird because I mean, the douchey white bros can often win it still
2: yeah <laughs> you know like and it's it's i don't know i think it like bleeds into a bigger problem with like what we consume all the time like yeah. just like and especially quarantine is really well if you're a
1: douchey enough white bro you can win five hundred thousand dollars. that's literally the lesson
2: i mean i mean that's what i'm working for it's i'm trying to up the douche yeah i mean i think i'm like 80 percent there but i think i have a you know small ground to cover so i can start monetizing it <laughs>
0: You know what, what you no, gonna... I'll tell you what. On your trek for d- 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 doucheness, yeah. Uh, if you wear sunglasses on stage again, I'm gonna fucking. I'm, I'm coming. Oh. I'm driving <laughs> over. I love, I I'm fucking it. driving over.
2: It was an outdoor show. It was an outdoor show,
0: bro. If I put pants on in my own house for a show, you <sighs> cannot wear sunglasses. What? What? What is this? grease?
2: First of all, if I could wear sunglasses in an indoor show, I would do it. If I could get away with it, bro, I would do it. Uh, I do would. it, man,
0: and make it part I of your brand. I never wanted to call you more and disturb you at a show.
2: I, well, I mean, you didn't answer my text, and now I know why, so...
0: No, 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 I love you, I miss you, but you've been really busy, and... <laughs> You know, you're moving. Your whole life's changing. Like, I don't want you to leave this podcast thinking that I, I haven't missed you because I haven't. And it's been. It's uh, been cool. I'm going to kiss you on the forehead. You mud. Ugh. You miss wrestling night. with Ev. You know, you had a fucking shows. This I guy, this guy, this guy, this guy, Ali, he gets booked more during COVID than he was before COVID. It's incredible. This gimmick that he's worked uh, out in this town.
2: Yeah, I've, I've decided to settle on unlikable asshole. And I think it, so
0: it comes so natural, though, bud. you
2: know, you know it's a, its the least amount of work, so it fits with the laziness. It just really—it's very good. The left hand watches the right. It's very easy.
0: It's better than loud, angry uh, guy who's <laughs> loud, angry Vendito guy.
1: <laughs> the loud, angry—you're the um the. Wow, what, why did I just? I'm a fucking. I'm a jewel. You're of the, the, time the, of- the, the 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 conscience of Montreal comedy, Chris Vendito. <laughs> oh
0: God. <laughs> The like the Jiminy of Cricket of Montreal comedy. No, first of all, that's like the it'd be a revamped Jiminy Cricket if it was just four hundred pound cricket that comes out, wouldn't it? This is, there's something there. We've been talking about. We've been talking he's, about, about mind fucking all the podcasts here. Yeah, and he's King, still on
2: the shoulder, just weighing someone down.
0: Pinocchio. He's smoking oh. a cigarette. He's got a towel over his head. Uh, this is my I sweat rag. rag. Uh. Uh, Jiminy been Cricket. A long uh, I'm down. It's questionable. I want to
1: watch that when they when they when Disney does the, the inevitable live action remake of Pinocchio. Yo, someone,
0: that's... someone, someone, get me in front of Bob Iger.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Bob, uh, you want to wrap up with five questions, guys? You wanna... Yeah. Do it. So we do, do this it, do thing it.
0: that no other podcasts do, where we ask our guests questions at the end of it. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, we're really so th- uh, at the forefront of this thing. Yeah. <laughs> You know
1: we started this podcast like almost ten years ago, so yeah, we were okay, Chris. Just because you only came on board in twenty twenty, you
0: sound like you sound like the, all those people that were mad about that article about Conan discovering podcasting.
4: <laughs> no, we've so,
0: been doing this for years. Oh, simmer down. We know. Get we're out making, of here. You're making exactly. thirty two thousand a year in your mother's basement. I, Good for you.
1: <laughs> I was, it's also like it's. I find it hilarious because both both this show and the other show. I feel like they date themselves in the fact that they have been going on because you're like, it's, they're kind of not about anything. And podcasts now are so like professional and like about a thing. And you're like, what's the show? And you're like, oh, we just talked to someone. And you're, yeah, you're she, like, mm-hmm. Ali
0: asked me before. She's like, do I got a prep like, No, nah, we're good. <laughs> we we barely prep. That's why we just invite people we know on. like. <laughs>
1: Uh, uh, so uh, same, same three questions to every guest. Question yeah. four is from our last guest. Question five is: What question do you want to ask our next guest? So, true. Yeah,
2: question same. number one. Hit it, Allie, What do your thoughts sound like,
0: Lawrence? And I didn't write this one. Scream. <laughs> no, Lawrence wrote this one. Did I? What'd you yes. say? What'd you, say, Allie?
3: Screaming.
0: <laughs> Screaming.
1: Yeah, I get that. Is it like, but is it, is it your own voice?
4: No, my own thoughts. No, in all, in all seriousness, I think my own thoughts are just like incomplete sentences, just like bouncing around inside my skull. I don't think there's anything. I don't think I've ever had a complete thought.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Do either of you guys, I'm talking just to the comics here, Keith. Um, I'm sorry. Well, maybe you do too. Do either of you guys like are constantly throughout the day, just like looking at like, if you're out and like with people. Or around people, or even people you see on the internet, and just in your head—not even out loud—just in your head, you're like, "Is this a bit? Like, just constantly? Oh, all,
4: the time. Just yeah,
0: all it, the time. Is this a all bit? Time. Can I use this? Oh.
2: It's like a. It's does like
0: it ever like get annoying? Does it get? It gets annoying for me.
4: Yeah, it's annoying because you can't relax.
2: Yeah, yeah. I have to literally, like, mindlessly go through social media, or like put on, like, you know, lofi beats, like the beats that, like, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I have to do that shit to, like, actually not, like, to like, almost, like, be less mindful and to take myself out of, like, what I'm currently thinking. Because if not, yeah. I'm just, like, what's the angle on this? I'm, like, what a fucking stupid thought. Like, Jesus Christ, relax. There's, like, a fine
0: line
1: on – there's, like, a yeah. – go ahead, and I was going to say, I was, like, I don't have it, obviously, about bits, but I can relate because the other show that we do is, like, a pop culture show, and we do a lot of, like, movie reviews. And I so I don't think I've, like, watched a movie – And like enjoyed it for like the last 10 years. Because if I watch a movie, I'm like, oh, I'm gonna be talking about this. I need to think about the performances and I need to think about whatever. And you're just it's it's a weird similar thing where your brain is just not letting you
0: have I mean Keith, we do this in front of people, Keith. Come on. I mean I I I know you wanna relate. I know you want to relate. Uh, I'm I'm just just saying saying, we do this shit for like a semi living. Your brain isn't oh, I'm sorry.
2: (laughs) Okay? Oh, I'm We're sorry. Not,
0: until you're cashing checks for reviewing films, I don't want to hear it, Keith. I don't want to yeah. hear you're
2: it. You're getting, you're getting, you're getting big leagued big by Vendita right now. I'm this is a
0: they, podcast. You know, they they invite
1: me to the film festivals and they they <laughs> give me the, the media pass and all that stuff. You got a media pass for of-
0: JFL too, buddy.
1: <laughs> I <it's> true. <laughs> but yeah, no, it I. I, I'm saying, I'm sorry I don't relate because I'm not trying to write bits all the time, but no, no. You're, it's the thing where your brain is not letting you just have a moment.
0: <laughs> now this <laughs> is this is what we call uh, civilian talk and uh, non-civilian, oh. I'm kidding. <laughs> I, <hate this. laughs> I, I dropped the civilian line on Ali once uh, and I'm like, she's like, civilians? And I'm like, that's right. She's like, that's a real... <laughs> Jeez, bro. You <laughs> just dropped me like a, that's joke, a bro I mean. that's, a, that's a dark moment when you <laughs> I'm like someone's like, Chris, feet. you gotta stop calling like people that aren't comics civilians. It makes you sound like a psychopath. And I'm like, nah, the fucking been, civilians, dude. I'll tell you why. Here's eleven reasons. Um Question number two. Uh, <laughs> good segue. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Question number two. Uh Allie, what was your favorite thing to eat as a child? Oh,
4: um this is so gross. KD with tomato juice instead of milk.
1: What? <laughs> what?
4: Yeah. <laughs> what?
1: Heard, like, as soon as you are like, I was like, KD, I was like, oh, it's going to be the thing where they put a lot of ketchup. I haven't
4: eaten meat in like, I don't know, 15 years or something, but I also used to put a can of tuna in there.
0: No.
1: Why? Oh. Hang on. Oh. So, a, a, I have many follow up questions. Yes. One, what age was this?
4: Like forever, like always.
1: Okay. And then did someone show you, or was this just yeah, like. I
4: think, I think that my mom and my brother were just like, oh, this is completely normal. And so I was like, oh, this is just how we do it. Like, this is just. Well, like, could you look at
1: the box and there's other instructions? You're like, this box doesn't know yeah, anything.
4: Like, That's the suggestion. And then there's like the, the Gordon Ramsay version, which is what I was making.
1: Yeah. <laughs> have you gone back to this meal you know anytime?
4: And not even being completely honest with
0: you guys, it was often V eight and not tomato juice. I don't even oh, think I mean, that. I I actually don't think that's a crazy. Well, here's I mean I don't know. It's not a crazy thought. The tomato just it just makes it more tomatoey. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying because like pouring
1: ketchup all over Katie is like a normal thing. Tomato-y. Kind
0: of. I I never the first time I saw somebody put uh, ketchup in front of on on KD I I had questions for mom and dad when I got home like why why do people not eat like us mom? You, can't.
2: <laughs> you know, um, do you know he made it into the commercial? Eh? The guy from Bare Naked Ladies. Oh. <laughs> does anyone know what I'm talking about? In the we song, would if eat I,
1: dinner. Did we just eat eh, more crap dinner.
2: If, yeah, yeah. So the guy. Gen from Con, uh, baby. <laughs> yeah. So they have like a shot of him wearing a fur jacket making. Uh, KD and putting like the Dijon ketchup on it and him like eating it and I was like oh my god perfect, yeah I was very excited.
3: <laughs> I
1: I'm I'm also not a not a ketchup on my and my brother was like we'd have to you have to split the thing because I remember my mom would at a certain point make the KD and then put the ketchup on while it's still in the in the pot and then just serve it up and I was like no get that ketchup out of my face so she had to split it and then my brother would need to add ketchup after the fact. Because I was like I don't want ketchup all over my mac and cheese.
3: Yeah. Why? I like
0: I like these answers every 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 podcast we get to this question because they're very they're wide-ranging. It's fun.
3: Yeah.
0: (laughs) Good question, whoever wrote this one. Um what is the number three? What is the best or worst thing about growing up? Really takes you in a different direction here.
4: The oh um the worst is probably uh, like losing your sense of playfulness, I think. Like, you have to work so much harder to stay in touch with it. But the best is like, I don't know, you get to just like dick around and like. <laughs> <laughs> honestly, like, anytime I'm, I look at my life, I'm like, this is sick. Like, it, it's not in a lot of ways, it's really not. But I'm like, so like, especially since I moved. Like in the last month, I'm like, yeah, like I have this sweet apartment and I just like eat what I want and do what I want. And obviously, like I want a job. That's like, <laughs> a, a thing that I want. But I don't know. There's just there's a lot of like, and and something about like being in your 30s too is like just way fucking better than being in your 20s. So I don't know. That, maybe, uh, maybe, maybe I always I'm a peak in my
0: 40s. I'm in a peak <laughs> in my 40s. You've been oh, you've peak. been forty for the last like ten
1: years. First yeah.
0: of all, first form of all, simmer down. Uh, second of all, you're not wrong. Uh, <laughs> third of all, I'm still going to peak in my forties. I feel. Well, that's yeah. what I. Oh, well, you I, have
1: I, because you'll, yeah. by the time you hit forty, you'll have twenty years of practice.
0: <laughs> hey, I really walked right into that one. huh?
3: Yeah,
0: it just led you, led you for, to the water for, for,
2: for, for a guy who doesn't think of bits. You really nailed that. One, so sorry. <laughs>
0: He killed it. He crushed it. That was the Keith's revenge at the end of the podcast. In the (laughs) wild. (laughs) wild. Keith in the wild, baby! woo! Keith,
1: what's question number four? Question number four uh, comes from uh, Diane... I'm going to mispronounce her name. It was Diane? Diane Tang and Gonzalo Coloma uh, from Yes Montreal and Chokitem Jewelry. Uh, They have two questions. Uh, Diane wanted to know if you were to trademark a slogan... What would it be and why?
4: <laughs> like my own slogan?
1: Like your own slogan, yeah.
4: <laughs> Look, I'm so bad at this. <laughs> um what would my slogan be? I don't know. I guess that Is would it? be my slogan.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't you wouldn't go like sort of like like something about like Slep parade
0: or whatever? Or yeah, I, I, guess,
4: I guess uh Yeah, Keith
0: wants to Keith wants to write your your slogan for
4: you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm just trying to think. I'm like I'm
1: like, what's the brand? You know? (laughs)
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. You're right. Um, I actually have a joke about it, so maybe it would be just a a piece of that joke. So like, um, being a slut just means that you're dedicated to your craft. What a beautiful you you know like their slogan.
0: Corber, Corber, you know what mine is.
2: Give it to the audience.
0: No, no. What do you do for (laughs) food? What you do for food? (laughs) That's if I'm gonna trademark anything, I want to trademark that one because that is get on it, dude. Just do it. One of the greatest things I've ever done is is that line. Um, And
1: question B from uh, Gonzalo was, um, do you drink before creating slash performing?
4: Sometimes, but I find as much as I wish this wasn't the case, I'm so much better and sharper on stage if I don't drink.
1: I don't think that's a bad thing.
4: Yeah. I mean, like, I, sometimes I'm like I want to have a beer. I'm not on for an hour. I want to chill, but I'm just like not as I'm not as quick and I'm just not as responsive and especially with like audience interactions, I'm just a little I'm just better if I'm if I'm sober. But find me in a blackout 10 minutes later. <laughs>
1: Do you oh, but, uh, but what about writing? Is writing the same deal? Do you
4: well? Typically, I write during the day, so yes, I'm hammered. Um,
1: <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> you know, like you say that, like it precludes any kind of drinking.
4: I would say, no, my, most of my writing would happen like in the morning when I was being really diligent and consistent. Most of my writing would happen in the morning, so I'm usually just like mainlining coffee at that point. I'm not really, you know, getting.
0: <laughs> busting out the, busting out the freezer vodka.
4: Sometimes, you know, I've had weird days, and and to be <laughs> fair, I do think like having a drink and like sitting and being creative, it totally works for me too. It's just mm-hmm. never really been a part of my process.
0: How what how did you realize that you couldn't drink while you before you went on stage? I'm guessing I there was a test that you did.
4: It's trial and error. Like I've never been like. the only time I was ever like drunk on stage was at a mic and it was like very fun and silly and I had a great time and it was like it and it was like totally for that it wasn't you know but I have definitely like because we often get paid in drink tickets so I've definitely been like well I'm gonna get my money's worth and then (laughs) have a beer and then be like yeah I'm just I it's just like my nerves aren't the same. Like, I get more nervous and I'm not as responsive and I'm not as quick. Like, I can't think of tags and things on the fly in the same way.
0: Yeah, like, I feel the same way too about about that. I, I have never done a set with a drink in my hand.
4: Yeah, it's just, I don't know. And, like, honestly, I wish that it was like, oh, I have a couple drinks and then I'm like, more whatever, but I'm just not.
0: No. Yeah. There's some people that fucking need it. And it's yeah. and it, it's yeah. it's hard. It's kind of rough to see sometimes.
4: Yeah, yeah.
0: It's like shocking to see it if you're not used to somebody who absolutely needs a drink, and you're at a you're at a show that's not a normal show, and there's not. And how do, like, and how do you even say a that? drink like, readily oh, you're, available? You're a lot when you're tipsy, and now I'm an enabler.
4: Yeah,
0: like
4: <laughs> yeah, like
0: fuck. Yeah. you are been on the road with a comic who like really needs a drink as soon as they get into the fucking show, and it's like, what the fuck, bro? No, get your coat off. It's fucking yeah. winter. Before yeah. we fucking start ordering fucking drinks
4: uh
0: what is your question you would like to tell our uh future guests that we haven't booked yet
4: so i have to i have to tell i have a question that i
1: yeah you get to ask a question into the future and
4: then are you going to save it for a specific person so
3: no, it's the you know next it person very next person to
4: be? <laughs> i have a really good one but i only want it to be for like one of your buds
0: we could make that happen. We could, we could, we could book a. I we
4: don't could want to book. put like some poor girl on the spot. Is what I'm trying to say.
1: Oh, so okay. So you're like, you're like, hey guys, your next guest should
0: totally be just like a white dude. Should just
4: like. be like one of your pals.
0: We didn't have him in the rotation though. Uh, yeah.
4: I'm so kidding. This is my question. Or, or-
0: we'll
2: scramble we'll scramble we'll We'll scramble
0: we'll we'll find the white comic who wants to do a fucking podcast (laughs) we have to we have to must have must
2: be opinionated white male comic I think we're going to have a real hard time we bust
0: out the emergency fund we gotta fucking find somebody gotta gotta
2: get some phone calls get that
0: Rolodex I
2: I I literally have a red phone at my kitchen like Batman just pick it up and a white opinionated male comic answer Yeah, yeah
0: it's called commenting who who needs a spot in the Montreal comedy Group. (laughs) Okay, maybe this is mean,
4: but I actually think it's going to be really funny. Who would you fuck, marry, kill? Keith, Chris, or Lawrence?
0: I think we've had this before.
2: (laughs) Have we? we? Where did I land?
0: I don't know. We're about to find out. You have to answer the question.
2: Thank God, yes.
0: We all do. We all have to answer answer the question, right? No! We
4: all have to answer it.
2: We do, we have to answer? Okay, so, okay. We Keaton normally
0: do. Team. We normally answer no, the no, guest question.
4: Just going to the next person, I would never have put myself in that position.
1: Uh, no, you don't have to, you don't have
0: to answer. Oh, we, we all know you end. kill Keith, though. It doesn't matter. The other two I'm, doesn't matter. You don't know me. Like...
4: I, married
0: <laughs> before, so... <laughs> I mean, I'm killing Keith in this scenario. What are we talking After about?
4: You're married, so we have to kill you.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, I, don't I don't want the wrath of Sarah on me. hundred percent, yeah yeah that's a mistake (laughs) excuse (laughs) you uh who would you kill (laughs) fuck mary kill chris keith and and lawrence oh jeez Lawrence well, what do saying. you what do you think the most like what's the right. well, I'm obviously okay,
1: so I'm obviously the like the most marriage material I've had two I've had two
0: marriages Yeah that's why you're going to get I killed get first and most of most of these most of these situations
4: money cuz that's who we're going to kill
0: Keith 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 has oh, Keith eat man. the rich sorry, uh, Keith, he's a fucking condo he's got a summer home uh he's got fucking boats sorry. What you own a fucking r- uh, kayak, don't you? <laughs> yeah, yo, yeah, I have a kayak. Kayak
2: is a far is a far cry from a guy who owns a boat. No, exactly. no no Lord's
0: it, it still sticks, bro. Don't I got fucking, a pedal. Don't, don't kick the gimmick, you know, like <laughs> uh thanks so much, Allie. This was fun. Yeah, this was great. Thanks for having me. Uh before you go, is there anything coming up? Anything scheduled on the on the show docket?
4: Just a
0: couple of bark shows, you know me. Bro, comedy's so much fun now. <laughs> you know, to take an industry that already was so forgiving to <laughs> its, its fucking employees and just give another fucking wrench. Uh, so cover- I would,
2: yeah, I would marry Keith, I would fuck Chris, and I would kill myself.
0: Nice! I'd marry myself, I'd kill Keith, and I'd fuck you, Bubba.
3: Oh. Hey! Aww. It's basically it's
0: basically how what life is going right now. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I Fuck I told did I tell you boys that my mom wants to sell the house? She dropped the bomb.
2: We're trying <laughs> to wind this down.
0: I know. But <laughs> yeah, I we'll like, talk like, about it next time. House. Uh, but first, tune first. in but tune in next week. To I gotta, go, I gotta go do Sopranos now. So I was <laughs> gonna say the
1: uh uh and Vendito, do you have anything you wanna plug also? This is Yeah,
0: I'm at the nest on Sunday. Uh this is coming out Thursday. When
3: is this
2: coming out? Thursday. Thursday. Okay, so uh, check me out Saturday at Peroni Bar, uh, next week the twenty third at Riverside Laughs, early start time, six PM.
3: Oh sick.
4: Nice.
3: Nice R- Thanks early start a lot. time, Allie.
4: Thank you. Bye.
1: Hey there, loyal listener who listens to the show all the way past the closing credits. Um, Thank you for listening to Go Plug Yourself. We really, really appreciate it. Uh, If you enjoy the show, I cannot stress this enough. Please tell people about it. We don't really have a budget for marketing or fancy Facebook ads or putting up billboards on the street. Uh, We really have to rely on word of mouth, which uh, basically means that if you listen to the show and you enjoy the show, Please uh, share it, link it, uh, tell your friends about it. Say, hey, there's this show called Go Plug Yourself. They talk to Montrealers or people that have stuff going on in Montreal, or uh, just p- people that have stuff to uh, promote that we kind of care about. We can we can go outside of Montreal if we want to. Um, yeah, so just tell tell people about the show. It's a it's a fun show. We we like doing it a lot. We've done it for over 200 episodes, and it's in large part thanks to support from uh, people like you. Um, if you want to support the show all you can go to uh, patreon.com slash nine to cc and uh, throw a couple bucks our way it really helps with uh, the hosting fees for the most part we're really not trying to make a profit on this um, and also if you want to be a guest on the show or you know someone who might uh, want to be a guest on the show you can uh, contact us either on facebook or on twitter there's a bunch of ways to find us uh, and uh, and let us know. And if the scheduling and the timing and everything works out, maybe you can be the next person who uh, comes on the show and uh, plugs something. Uh, big thank you, as always, to Leland Beckman and Oral Turpitude who provided our theme songs. And of course, a thank you to uh, all of the hosts that we have on the show: uh, Walter J. Ling, who is technically retired but still sometimes hosts; uh, Christopher Vendito, Lawrence Corber, and uh, Ines Anaya. Uh, all are all amazing hosts, and you should support them and their comedy and uh, and all of that. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for choosing Go Blog Yourself uh, as one of your From the Millions of Podcasts, and have a beautiful day. Thank you.
0: 9 to podcast, blogs, and comics, made in Montreal since 2011.